Hello, everybody, and welcome into episode number 31 of the Bible 2021 podcast. We are reading Acts chapter 7 today, and our focus is on the first martyr and how he behaved as he died. Now, we briefly got off of our Bible reading plan, but as of today, we are right back on schedule, and we're a daily 10-minute podcast where we read one chapter of the Word of God each day and dig into it. Welcome aboard to new listeners in Scotland, United Kingdom, Northwest England, Talangana, India, Austin, Texas, and Dothan, Alabama. Thank you all for listening. Our goal is to encourage daily Bible reading, and I want to encourage you to share the show with other people via social media, word of mouth, telephone calls, telegraph, telefriend, whatever it takes. Get the word out there and invite them to join on with us to read the Word of God daily. Please do check out our website, Bible2021.com, where you can check out show notes, a transcript, and a contact page if you ever want to say hello. Another long passage today in Acts chapter 7, but it's a good one. Confronted by the Sanhedrin and false witnesses for preaching about Jesus, Stephen the deacon and the first martyr proceeds to proclaim a message that covers pretty much the entire history of Israel and demonstrates the stubbornness and wickedness of God's people and their great need for a Savior like Jesus. Now, since this is a long chapter and a short podcast, I have room to only discuss really one major thing here, and that topic is forgiveness. One of my early preacher mentors used to have a saying about this passage. He observed how Stephen forgave the people killing him, including Saul slash Paul, who was the official in charge of the stoning, and noted the transformation that shortly came to the life of Saul Paul, first a terrible enemy of the church and later its greatest spokesman. Now, I can't prove what he said is true exactly from the Bible, but I do believe it to be a sound principle, and here's what he said. Forgiveness is violence against the kingdom of darkness. Say it one more time. Forgiveness is violence against the kingdom of darkness. In other words, forgiveness does damage to Satan's kingdom and to evil in general. Now, I believe this to be true, and I am convinced that Christians do not realize how powerful nor necessary true forgiveness is. We've got to be a people of grace because we've been forgiven. We need to extend forgiveness even beyond 70 times, seven times, because we've been forgiven more than 490 times. May we be a people who emulate the blessed Stephen in his beautiful prayer of forgiveness to those murdering him for telling the truth. Honestly, I imagine that nobody listening to this show today has ever had more reason to pray for justice and destruction towards their enemies than Stephen did, and yet he prayed grace and mercy and forgiveness instead, which is a living example of Colossians 3, 12 and 13, which says, Therefore, as God's chosen ones, holy and dearly loved, put on compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a grievance against another, just as the Lord has forgiven you, so you are also to forgive. Now, I wonder if Paul was remembering Stephen when he wrote this. Well, let's read our chapter today, Acts 7, in the Christian Standard Bible, verse 1. Are these things true? The high priest asked. Brothers and fathers, Stephen replied, listen. The God of glory appeared to our father Abraham when he was in Mesopotamia before he settled in Haran and said to him, leave your country and relatives and come to the land that I will show you. 
Then he left the land of the Chaldeans and settled in Haran. From there, after his father died, God had him moved to this land in which you are now living. He didn't give him an inheritance in it, not even a foot of ground, but he promised to give it to him as a possession and to his descendants after him, even though he was childless. God spoke in this way. His descendants would be strangers in a foreign country, and they would enslave and oppress them for 400 years. I will judge the nation that they will serve as slaves, God said. After this, they will come out and worship me in this place. And so he gave Abraham the covenant of circumcision. After this, he fathered Isaac and circumcised him on the eighth day. Isaac became the father of Jacob, and Jacob became the father of the twelve patriarchs. The patriarchs became jealous of Joseph and sold him into Egypt, but God was with him and rescued him out of all of his troubles. He gave him favor and wisdom in the sight of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, who appointed him ruler over Egypt and over his whole household. Now a famine and great suffering came over all of Egypt and Canaan, and our ancestors could find no food. When Jacob heard there was grain in Egypt, he sent our ancestors there the first time. The second time, Joseph revealed himself to his brothers, and Joseph's family became known to Pharaoh. Joseph invited his father Jacob and all his relatives, 75 people in all, and Jacob went down to Egypt. He and our ancestors died there, were carried back to Shechem, and were placed in the tomb that Abraham had brought for a sum of silver from the sons of Hamor in Shechem. As the time was approaching to fulfill the promise that God had made to Abraham, the people flourished and multiplied in Egypt until a different king who did not know Joseph ruled over Egypt. He dealt deceitfully with our race and oppressed our ancestors by making them abandon their infants outside so that they wouldn't survive. At this time, Moses was born and he was beautiful in God's sight. He was cared for in his father's house for three months. When he was put outside, Pharaoh's daughter adopted and raised him as her own son. So Moses was educated in all the wisdom of the Egyptians and was powerful in his speech and actions. When he was 40 years old, he decided to visit his own people, the Israelites. When he saw one of them being mistreated, he came to his rescue and avenged the oppressed man by striking down the Egyptian. He assumed his people would understand that God would give them deliverance through him, but they did not understand. The next day he showed up while they were fighting and tried to reconcile them peacefully, saying, Men, you are brothers. Why are you mistreating each other? But the one who was mistreating his neighbor pushed Moses aside, saying, Who appointed you ruler and judge over us? Do you want to kill me the same way you killed the Egyptian yesterday? When he heard this, Moses fled and became an exile in the land of Midian, where he became the father of two sons. After forty years had passed, an angel appeared to him in the wilderness of Mount Sinai, in the flame of a burning bush. When Moses saw it, he was amazed at the sight. As he was approaching to look at it, the voice of the Lord came, I am the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, of Isaac, and of Jacob. Moses began to tremble and did not dare to look. The Lord said to him, Take off the sandals from your feet, because the place where you are standing is holy ground. I have certainly seen the oppression of my people in Egypt. I have heard their groaning and have come down to set them free. And now come, I will send you to Egypt." This Moses, whom they rejected when they said, Who appointed you a ruler and a judge? This one God sent as a ruler and a deliverer through the angel who appeared to him in the bush. This man led them out and performed wonders and signs in the land of Egypt, at the Red Sea, and in the wilderness for forty years. This is the Moses who said to the Israelites, God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among your brothers. He is the one who is in the assembly in the wilderness, with the angel who spoke to him on Mount Sinai, and with our ancestors." 
He received living oracles to give to us. Our ancestors were unwilling to obey him. Instead, they pushed him aside and in their hearts turned back to Egypt. They told Aaron, Make us guides who will go before us. As for this Moses who brought us out of the land of Egypt, we don't know what's happened to him. They even made a calf in those days, offered sacrifice to the idol, and were celebrating what their hands had made. God turned away and gave them up to worship the stars of heaven, as it is written in the book of the prophets. House of Israel, did you bring me offerings and sacrifices for forty years in the wilderness? You took up the tent of Moloch and the star of your god Raphan, the images that you made to worship, so I will send you into exile beyond Babylon. Our ancestors had the tabernacle of the testimony in the wilderness, just as he who spoke to Moses commanded him to make it according to the pattern he had seen. Our ancestors in turn received it, and with Joshua brought it in when they dispossessed the nations that God drove out before them until the days of David. He found favor in God's sight and asked that he might provide a dwelling place for the God of Jacob. It was Solomon, rather, who built him a house, but the Most High does not dwell in sanctuaries made with hands. As the prophet says, heaven is my throne and the earth my footstool. What sort of house will you build for me, says the Lord? Or what will be my resting place? Did not my hand make all these things? You stiff-necked people with uncircumcised hearts and ears, you're always resisting the Holy Spirit as your ancestors did, you do also. Which of the prophets did your ancestors not persecute? They even killed those who foretold the coming of the righteous one, whose betrayers and murderers you have now become. You received the law under the direction of angels and have yet not kept it. When they heard these things, they were enraged and gnashed their teeth at him. Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven. He saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And he said, Look, I see the heavens opened and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. Then they yelled at the top of their voices, covered their ears, and together rushed against him. They dragged him out of the city and began to stone him. And the witnesses laid their garments at the feet of a young man named Saul. While they were stoning Stephen, he called out, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. He knelt down and cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. And after saying this, he fell asleep. Wow, that was incredibly powerful. Let us close out with our memory verse for the month of January. And I want to invite you to check out our website, Bible2021.com to check out a great quote from John Newton on Stephen that we don't have time to read today. Here's our memory verse for January. The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. That's Mark 1.15. Good day to you, friends, and Godspeed.